Hello, everybody, and welcome again to Wednesday Night Live. This is Ron Crawford, the pastor of the Father's Church in Dallas, Texas. And I'm so happy that God has given us the privilege of walking together as believers, as those who are born again, as those who are functioning as sons of the Most High God, as those who are intercessors before the throne of our Heavenly Father, partnering with our Lord Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm thankful today that we're saints. And my goodness, what a time it is in our world and how important it is for the saints to do the unique work that God has detailed in his scripture for us to emulate. I am rather amazed on this Wednesday morning post our national election that um, we are in somewhat of a waiting game and, um, you know, things seem to to um, materialize by the minute in several key states. And I know that people, regardless of their political affiliation, must be frustrated by the delays in tabulation of votes. Um, I am somewhat perplexed by the state of Nevada or Nevada that uh, has just taken the day off today. They'll, they'll start counting votes on, on Thursday, they say. And um, I, I just can't fathom that in this day where everything is so instantaneous and everything is electronically efficient. It just seems strange to me. And then our brothers and sisters in Florida were able to tabulate things and get it done with, uh, with model efficiency. And in, in um, Texas, the same. And uh, I, I'm, I'm stunned in my, my, uh, my state that I was born and raised in, Pennsylvania, even though it seems very apparent what's going to happen, that there seems to be no, there seems to be no deadline <laughs> um, it's it's out there in the blue, you know. We're just going to keep watching the postman as they come and see uh, see postmarks, and so uh, the 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 strangeness of this election is more peculiar than even the infamous Al Gore Bush campaign with the Chads in Florida, and this is just stranger to me, and I I think that. We as saints and as believers should continue to recognize that we're being trained by God. Every mountain, every scenario is an opportunity for God to hone us and to develop us in his truth. And so this whole issue of waiting is just, a, to me, a um, an extension of what the entirety of the COVID restrictions were. You know, we, we, uh, we're the goodly horse in battle, which the scripture says we should be, and we're waiting um, with our master for him to spur us forward. 
We, we want to move. It's innate within the horse to want to move when there's explosion or gunfire, when there's action. Or if, if they've been trained in battle, they love the charge. And so it's kind of like a hunting dog, you know. You, you see that creature that's been um, trained and uh, bred to do certain things, but they have to wait. We're the goodly horse in battle of the Scripture. The Lord is our master. And we, we are being trained for the most exquisite opportunities to serve him. And to me, as frustrating as this is as a human being, as frustrating as it is as an American citizen, I, I see the hand of God training us. And I, I got up very early this morning and was studying and I had all my screens going. I had uh, the news commentary going on one screen. I had um, pay, newspapers and opinion pieces from around the, the nation on another. And I had the Bible here. And um, you say, well, you should focus more on the Word, brother. You do. You know, I, I, I just have to tell you that God made all of us differently. He did. Some people are just focused on one thing. And if you say anything other, you get them off track. Some people have to have many different windows open as long as you know how to prioritize. And for me, study is waiting on the Lord anyway. And I'm reading and I'm looking at word meanings and I'm listening to what the Spirit is saying and I'm gaining I'm gaining insights from lots of different places. Now, there are times, many times, when I'm when you're praying, you need to be focused on him. You shouldn't have your cell phone, your iPad, and your computer doing all kinds of other stuff and say you're searching after God with your whole heart. If God is deliberating with you, if he's if he is you're not just in a study mode, you're not just in a perusing mode waiting on the whatever the spirit would say, you are, if God is downloading, you need to focus on that and get every word. So don't, don't misconstrue what I'm saying. But as I was thinking, I was saying, Lord, what is the scripture that you would want us to speak to our church here in Dallas and to our extended church members and to our Saints Network family? Where would you have us go? And there were many options. But the one that primarily stood out was found in our old friend Habakkuk. And that's on, you know, California gave their 55 electoral votes to uh, Joe Biden. And I say Habakkuk that way to honor them. Well, we say Habakkuk. <laughs> so let's look at Habakkuk chapter 2. Verses 1 through 4. One of the things that I love about Habakkuk, uh, out of many, many things, I mean, this is a short book, but it's, it's very powerful. Three chapters, but it's, you remember, the only book outside of the Psalms that speaks about the Selah. And so, inherent to this seer is that principle of 
gaining a word from God and waiting interse in, with intercession in the sila for the fulfillment to come. You know, I've said this before when I was uh, in junior high and high school, my pastor was from the uh, United Kingdom country of Wales. And he gave us the British viewpoint of what sila meant. He said, it means, what do you think about that? I know in France, they say pause. I know usually it's interpreted as a meditation, but sila incorporates those things, but it really is that walk through the valley that separates promise and need from fulfillment and provision. And that's what sila is. It's a musical term begging for resolution. And it, it is what David and uh, those who ministered in the tabernacle did. Uh, David would send something. He would do it on his own as well. He, he, he forged this before the Father. And then he in, integrated it into the, uh, the tabernacle worship. He would send something over to the seers and the singers and the players and the vo vocalists. And they would then take that promise or take that word. David would instruct sometimes what to what to play uh, with uh, you know, what instrument to play and how to how to honor the thing and then they would intercede they would wait on god they would sing until the fulfillment came that was sila so ingrained in habakkuk is that god's going to god's going to give you a word a promise a perspective and you wait on him. You do what you have to do as directed by him in that season to see it come to fruition. And I, I know that this is a, a training point. You know, you see the law of threes. You know, I'm not a numerologist, but there are principles that God gives in the Scripture you know, you have the fivefold principle, you have the sevenfold principle, you have the principle of three, the principle of four, uh, you, you have uh, the principle of eight. Uh, you could go right through the first, oh, I would say, t 12 numbers, and you can not base your, your interpretation on what Prophet, Prophetess Nellie said, but on how it's used, how those numbers are repeated over and over again in Scripture and come up to the basis of what God is saying. And three is so important. You know, the Trinity, so the, the way God depicted himself was the Father. He is the one that envisions. He is the one that gives the purpose, the will. The Son carries it out. He walks with us. He, he walks through the valley with us. He, he depicts what the Father wants. And it's the Spirit that, not by might or by power, but the Spirit, says the Lord. That's the fulfillment. We understand that measure of the Trinity. And so, when we say we have to wait here in the nation, that's incredible. What are we doing during that waiting? Are we griping? Are we giving up hope? Are we complaining? Are we searching for every opinion we can find to 
see if there's something we're missing so that we can break through faster? Or have we, have we guaranteed that we've heard from God and, and we're trusting him, we're waiting? That's what Habakkuk says in chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Let's look at it. I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered, Yahweh did, and said, Write the vision, make it plain upon tables that he may run that reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and lie not. Though it tarry, wait for it because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. There is so much here for us. And we're going to touch on significant points here. Um, and, And we're going to see what God would say to us uh, in this in this really significant moment and in this time frame of of what God is is saying. Now let's first look at verse one. And we're going to see a a dynamic principle that God's been speaking to us about over these past number of weeks. I'm going to stand in my assignment, you know, Teresa Smith from Tucson gave a, a voices word uh, just the other day. You should listen to it about watching. And uh, we're going to be praying this Saturday, first Saturday, about looking into the heart of God to find the joy set before us and begin to declare that. But the watch is what your assignment is. And the tower is where God has called you to stand and fulfill that watch. And I will watch then. I will apply my assignment, my calling, my gifting to see what he will say and what I will answer when I'm reproved. Now, here's an interesting thing because reproved is to be chastised. We've talked a lot over the past month about chastising and chastening and how it is our being trained in order to fulfill peace. I'm not going to reteach this. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, you know, whom the Lord loves and calls a son, he chastens. There are many verses that we've looked at over the past maybe six weeks about this. And so, This is talking about a person who has an assignment from God. They are positioned by God. They're listening. And God is perfecting them. And what you will answer is shub. It's to turn. We talked about this recently, too. It's the Old Testament version of metanoia in the New Testament. Repent. To do a 180. So we find here in the calling and the assignment and your placement and as you're waiting on God that God is working something in you in the way of training. 
and refinement. And how you're going to respond there is the main issue. It's not necessarily when's the answer coming. This is the onus of what the rest of these verses is talking about. You see, and, and look at it. It is a personal thing before you and God. You've got a calling and gifting. You're to be watching. Watch ye therefore, the Bible says. Jesus said to his disciples in Gethsemane, could you not be Gregorio? Could you not be aware and awake in the marketplace of the spirit realm during this time? Look it up. Jesus said that. And so often we're, we're not fulfilling that. We're called to a certain place we're standing upon our tower in our tower but in that god is working a work and we are gaining positional direction from him it's all subjective before god here and and it aligns with his objectivity but this is a development for us do you see this and so then yahweh says to us in the midst of this the plan of God, that dimension of God that has a plan. That's what Yahweh, Jehovah, is. Write the vision. Make it plain upon tables that he may run that reads it. Now, the vision here, I understand we've taught about visions and dreams, and we've talked about how from the Scripture dreams speak about your overall purpose and significant juncture points, but the vision is more immediate. It's more, uh, you've got to see this and you've got to respond. And, but here, vision, yes, it means that, but it, it is the temporal nature, the timely nature of what God is saying for us. So you're, you're writing the vision. And here we're called to make it plain. Now that does not mean make it simple. I keep, I've heard that over the years. Anytime you talk anything that's a little bit deeper, some well-meaning soul will say, make it plain, make it simple. You know, they say, look at how Jesus taught. He taught in parables. Will you tell me, those parables are pretty easy from an agrarian viewpoint to those that weren't educated, but the profundity of those things was anything but simple. They're still speaking to us. You know, sometimes the disciples would say, tell us the meaning of this parable. So if it was that simple and that easy, why would parables still be speaking breathing out new insights to us. No, when God speaks, there are many levels of, of um, responsibility. And we need to delve deeply. Do you, ever, do you ever have to talk to somebody, and I don't mean anything negative by this, and you think, I love this person, but they're a little bit shallow in the brain pan. And so I can't give them very detailed directions. I just got to give them something that's, okay, go and do this. And then you got to repeat it two or three times just so they understand 
what you're saying. Now, there are people on the other end of the scale that are so all over the map that you tell them something and they hear 50 different things. That's probably more perplexing. But, you know, we love people. It's kind of like talking to a child. You, you have to say things that are very clear and very patiently. But hopefully then you can grow into a person that can handle more than one thing, that, that can focus on something and, and, and get it done in detail. And this plane here is a, a, a really curious Hebrew word, ba'ar, and this means to um, dig, to either be in a pit or a well, and you can choose. Are you in a pit or are you, or are you digging a well? What is it? You're engraving. It's translated as water. And, and you find a lot, of, a lot of etymological extensions of this if you looked at it in Theological Word Book or Strong's. And then you see a little bit later in that progression, Ba'ar show up again. And here it's used to describe the spirit of judgment and burning. So on the one hand, you've got, um, you've got the 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 detail. You, here it's plain. You're 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 speaking about things that are that are imperative. You're speaking about the principle. You're speaking about the objective. You're speaking about what you need to have as a mindset to position yourself for what's coming. And then when you come to the other issuance of this, that's judgment and burning, judgment and, and burning, and mishpat, the, the purpose of God, and then the application, the function, the burning, the igniting. And so I would say that here in Habakkuk, you know, we're, we're before the Lord. He is trying to make things plain. He's setting He's setting a foundation for us if we will then stick with it for what eventually, when the answer comes and God has ordained, it's time now for what I have said to really come online. It's what you do in between this conceptualizing and the time that God says, here comes function. That's the sila of waiting. And so Habakkuk goes further into it. And he, he says, um, uh, we, we want to put this on tables. We want to make sure that it is enunciated. And, you know, that's easier said than done. I have learned over the years, especially maybe it's, the fault of where we are because the way God gives things here from his word is like a fire nozzle, a fire hose, and things come so quickly. I, I feel badly for if, if our people are not paying attention, they can get lost in the, in the whirlpool of, of the flow. But you know, you, you want to make sure that you're detailing as a pneumatikos people what God's saying. So you're writing it on tables. And you're, you're saying, what's, what's God saying right now? What's he saying about our calling? 
What's he saying about our assignment, our positioning? What's he saying about what he's developing in us? What is he showing about what's happening progressively right now? We need to detail all those things so that somebody else then that comes along can actually put it into motion. And you know, with all the faults that we have uh, portrayed in our fledgling attempts to walk with God in this way, the fruit of it right now is that we have people from many nations, and I'm not just talking a few people, we have scores of churches, prayer groups, and individuals standing in the gap who are taking these things that God has given and they are applying them quickly. They're running with it. And that's a whole new dimension of responsibility and assignment. And we're working diligently to put together um, pods of teaching, like mini semesters that can bring about very quick um, impartations of understanding and in a perfect progression so that these people can take it in and gain the nutrients and go with it. And um, it's, it's interesting. So it's, it's always, it always amazed me, you know, when, when we taught about the fivefold thinking of God and his proclamations, how many people that you knew were strong in the Lord just struggled with it? I mean, it was amazing. I remember one time there was somebody who should have known better who just stumbled around with fivefold and I'm not going to go too far about why I think that happened but it was it wasn't it wasn't the lord and one of the pastors from our net one of the network church came and taught on a very simple topic we were having people come in and teach and she just said the same thing that was that was had been being taught that she'd received from here and this individual from our house said wow that was amazing uh I, I finally understand this. Where'd you get this? And she said, from the book. <laughs> I, I thought, yay. So it, I know it's not easy. Sometimes we struggle with the, with, the, with the elemental things. But we're trying. And those that are reading it are running. And it's going to become more this anointing for, the, for what we're reading here is going to continue. So you've got two things happening at the same time. You've got God refining and chastening and training us in the ways of peace. And he's uh, refining our, our giftings and our callings and our assignments and our placement. And then on the other hand, we're, we're having to mobilize to make things plain and get things ready for people to, to function because the end result is that God's spirit of judgment and burning is going to ignite at some point. This is imperative for that thing to come. It's interesting. The vision is yet for an appointed time. And at the end it will it will speak. You'll 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 understand it better by and by and it will not lie. This is God's what God's saying he's going to do. Though it is tarrying, wait for it. 
because it will surely come. It will not tarry. You know, the vision's not tarrying. We, we, have, to, we have to wait on it. And that, that's important, too. We, we've talked about the, the principle of waiting. Uh, we've, we've talked about um, other aspects of waiting, like when you, um, when you are being intertwined with God. But this word is a word that means to stay in your position. It, it's used to describe an ambush. It's used to describe a, uh, a very important place that you have labored to stand in and you're waiting there for it. I think that's, that's interesting. Um, you know, Terry, T-A-R-Y, has gotten a bad word in Pentecost because I remember growing up, you know, people would tarry for years for the gift of speaking in tongues. Because that's what they were taught, and that's that's not that's not the meaning of what tarry meant. Tarrying was what those people were doing in the upper room. The Bible clearly says they were offering supplication before God. You look it up for yourself. They were partnering with God, waiting for the promise of the Father. That was tarrying that extends back here to what Habakkuk is saying. And when the gifts came, when the rushing mighty wind sound came and tongues of fire and people were speaking, there wasn't any tarrying in that. The only people that didn't receive were those that were doubting or mocking. Everybody else was being ignited. So old-timey Pentecost teaching really did a disservice to people. And I understand that. Preachers had the good old King James and they laid hands on heads that really weren't aligned or they had different thinking or um, they had some kind of an emotional deal about receiving the baptism and people prayed for them and did everything they could and laid hands on them and just kind of worked them over. If you've been in those meetings and nothing happened in the natural, that would have been a culmination. And so somebody would say, I got to come up with an answer here. Oh, it means you're tarrying. I feel badly for that. The pr true principle of tarrying is knowing what God's promised, what he's called you to do, and then you wait on God. And you work in him. The tarrying went on in the upper room. And it didn't. It was not out in the streets of Jerusalem when the outpouring came. But I digress. You know, you're waiting in your position. It will come. It will not tarry. It's, it's going to be released. And then it says, Behold his soul, which is that aspect of our mind, our thinking, bordering with the emotions, uh, which is lifted up in him, is, 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 which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just will by his faith. What does that mean? Well, um, to be lifted is to be inflated or elated. It... Um, it, it's allowing your soul to take the, up, the upper hand. It's um, filling yourself with bravado. And, you know, and it's, it's a difficult thing to have, to, to, to tell the difference between being bold and being confident 
and being elated. It's a difficult thing because on the one hand, you've got divine confidence. You are sure that you're sure. And you, you build that measure up within yourself. When you let the soul start doing it, you start saying all kinds of things. You make proclamations. You get out there. You get heady. And pretty soon, when things don't happen in the way your related soul has declared, then it looks like you're a buffoon and you begin to doubt. So at some point, you've got to balance that boldness in your declarings, your decrees, with um, not becoming elated. Because the soul that is lifted up or inflated is not upright. And upright means to be level, to be ethical, to be reliable. So th look at this. This is good. If you allow your soul to take control, hey, that rhymes. Denise, there's one for you. If you allow your soul to take control, you're not going to be reliable for yourself or anybody else. You're really not going to be dealing with the ethics of God's principles. And you're not going to be dealing on a level play field. You know, positioning is everything. You know, you, you want to stand your ground. When you've done all to stand, stand there for it. You better be sure that you're standing in a level place. My God, David said, my feet have been established in a large place, which meant that he was confident in that positioning. He wasn't just having a toehold hanging on. And, but, it, but then it says this, but the just, those that are righteous, following the vision of God, shall live, shall gain life by his emuna, which is an extension of Amon by that groundwork of what God is saying at the right hand. Isn't this good? So, God has directed us to this for a really important purpose in this time frame. We as saints have a unique and blessed calling. Oh my goodness, to me, it is the apex calling. Of course, I know Every mother thinks their child is the most darling and most beautiful of all. Um, <laughs> there have been a lot of movies and sitcoms that have focused on that. You know, one of the most difficult things to do is to look at a baby that all babies are sweet, but some of them just are not Gerber babies. I'll just say it that. And you got to come up with some euphemism to describe the the beauty of that child and you say oh isn't she sweet and then you say oh look at that little face you say all these things <laughs> it really isn't saying you must have had a beautiful baby <laughs> oh my goodness and you know we, we have been given the greatest gift, the greatest calling. It's the end time calling of the saints. And uh, we, we have to fulfill that. And we have to recognize that God is uniquely equipping us, chastising, chastening us. I'm going to write a book about called The Perfecting of the Saints. And we're going to look at the different ways in Scripture that God is refining and 
We need this because we're happen it's happening right now. This is one of them right here. And my goodness, we are learning on the job, aren't we? Here we are in this COVID quarantine and we're standing in the gap. The enemy's trying to press through, but yet we hold on and we say, how long, oh Lord? And, you know, here we are waiting. And now this election, all the prayers, all the things that God's people have lifted up and, you know, the enemy has been releasing word curses. And I just have a question for you. I don't want to go too far for this, but what in the world why was there protests outside the White House last night on election night? Why? Why? It is just some people are being influenced by the enemy to just tear up Jack. They're, they're just sowers of violence and rioting, riotous living. And they want to tear down the system. I won't go too far with this, but you know, here we are waiting on the Lord. God's people have prayed. It's frustrating as an American not to know, not to know what balloting is there. And I, I say, I mean, I can go a long way with this, but, you know, we, when we were in school, we had a deadline for our papers. I don't know if they even do that anymore. I mean, you may just have to show the teacher that you've tapped on the keyboard a couple times. But when I was in school, you had to have that paper in. You even watch these crazy cooking shows like Chopped, and they're counting down. Five, get everything on your plates, chefs. Four, three, two, one, time! We understand. Talk about the IRS. The deadline is here. Yes, it's extended, but it's still a deadline. It's, it's inconscionable to me that we would say, oh, you know, you know we're not, we're, forget about the whole ballot thing about verifying it and all those other things and ballot harvesters. But just mail it in. You know, everybody else is going to have voted by this time. They're going to have been there and they're going to have submitted their ballot by this time. Polls close. Our poll closed here at our church at 7 o'clock. Doors were locked. But you can wait till midnight, send it in, and we'll just all wait. We'll make the country wait until the postman comes, delivers your ballot. That's nonsense. But yet it's here, and it, it, in a natural frustrating. But I believe that God is doing something for us through this. He's got his agenda. He's not lost control. And we are standing our watch. We are not letting our soul inflate or elate. We are listening. We are depicting. We're digging. We're, we're not in a pit. We're digging a well. Water is going to come from this. We're engraving. And we're doing it so that, first of all, we're inscribing what God has taught and then there are going to be people that are going to come along when the mishpat in the burning, in the ba'ar comes, and they're going to need this, and they're going to run with it. That's where we are right now. It's tarrying. Well, no, we're tarrying. We're waiting because 
that's what we're called to do. We're standing. But when God says the appointed time has come, it's here. God's not lost control. He doesn't answer to attorneys general in these toss-up states. He doesn't answer to anybody in a political action committee. He doesn't answer to Pelosi, Schumer, McConnell. He doesn't answer even to President Trump or Mike Pence. He doesn't answer to man. God's in control, but he will, God will commune with his saints. And that's the most important thing that's happening right now. We are waiting. We are standing faithfully. We're confident. And God's in control. So, he that hath begun a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. He knows the end from the beginning. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the author. He's writing it right now with us. And the finisher. So, from a national level, we just keep waiting on the Lord. We stand faithfully. Keep our soul in check. Now, let's take this into a personal level. Now, we're going to close with this. Um, what do you, independent of your calling as a saint and what we've just been talking about, what do you believe in God for? What's God put in your heart? What are the promises that he affirmed in you? We've been praying, for instance, I've been praying for a number of days, waiting on the Lord. I haven't been fasting and travailing. We've got other things that we're focusing on in an international way. But God's still small voice keeps talking to me about some young people that were in this house that I know God has ordained. I know God has called. I I know I, they 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 have what God has put within them. And they're dilly-dallying. They're they're running. And I'm I'm praying as as a spirit of grace and supplication. Rachel weeping weeping for her children. They're they're being touched by God. Now you got to hold fast to that if you're a parent or a grandparent. You you can't allow your soul and your emotions to get in the way. I mean, even sometimes I know you must get perturbed, to say the least. Any parent would when they see their kid doing something, you think, what are you doing that for? Hold on to the Lord. Keep faithful. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Because you're going to have to answer to him for that. And it's your privilege. It's your reasonable service. But know that God has not forgotten what he has given and entrusted to you in that young person. Maybe they're not so young anymore. God's in control. What's he saying to you about your health? Some of you have... And I believe God is leading us through. There are things that are being perfected. It's happening in my life. It's happening in lots of people in my church. And I look and I see, Lord, 
You've preserved us all by the blood of Jesus in this plague. And you are making people stronger and better than they've been in years for what is coming. But the process, oh my goodness. And you can, you can get really twisted in, in your thinking. Lord, why didn't you just do it like this? We all want that quick fix. We all want to hear the latest and the greatest way to get what God, you get God to do what you want him to do. You can take the scriptures and harangue him with it, but yet God's going to do things in the way he wants to do them. It's the end result that he is looking at and how you have walked with him in the journey. With God, the, the outcome is never in doubt. It's the journey. And he's walking with you in it. Because what happens when the outcome finally comes? Huh. You, you're going to be on another path with God. And it's the journey. It's from glory to glory. And we're being changed. We keep on being changed. And this is, this is where God is. So don't lose hope. The calling of the saints in your life, I, I can't tell you how precious that is. And God is refining us. When his timing says, okay, it's time to break through, we've stood in the parets. When the parats of fruitfulness and breakthrough comes, the breaker comes, we're going to be ready. We'll be running. And those that God is bringing with us will be running. I, I just, I'm just so grateful for this. But in your own life, keep your soul in check. And the just lives by faith. The just live. The righteous ones live by what God has established at the right hand of his throne of grace. For the immuna. The Amman, the right hand, the Amet of fulfillment is coming. Trust him. And won't that be a wonderful day? But you know what? The most wonderful day is now. Because it's, I've said this before. I, I've learned more things in the valley than I ever really learned on the mountaintop or in the point of fulfillment. Those two on either end are wonderful, but it's the sila. It's that walk with God that's so precious because then you learn how wonderful he is and how good he is. And you know, you grow through exertion. You grow through investing. You grow through trusting. And this is the promise of God. So I speak blessing over you. Let's just keep praying. Let's not give up. Let's not um, lose hope. God is with us. And he will not forsake us. So we'll look forward to a uh, prayer primer for tomorrow. Don't forget First Saturday prayer this coming Saturday. And all the other things that God is doing, He's so He's so wonderful. Don't um, don't don't lose hope. God is with you. Keep praying. God bless you all.
Goodbye.